Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast, hosted by Brian Bisking. Brian started this weekly podcast to give a voice to leaders of our community, to share their story, their journey, and the lessons that they have learned along the way. Brian grew up in a small town outside of St. Louis, where he watched his father run a small business and was always interested in how the leaders in his community got where they are. Whether it's a local business leader, a philanthropist, or a celebrity, these are your STL Leaders. Join us today, where we will chat with another pillar of our community on this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. And now, your host, Brian Bisking. Hello, St. Louis, and welcome to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. I have a great guest on today, Greg Holder, pastor of the Crossing. Before we get to him, though, I want to thank my four great sponsors. First, Synchrony HR, NWO IT Services, Inbound Blend Digital Marketing, and Enterprise Bank and Trust. On this week's episode, we welcome Greg Holder to the show. Back in 1997, Greg accepted the position of lead pastor at The Crossing, a small startup church in the St. Louis area with less than 100 people. Over 20 years later, The Crossing reaches nearly 10,000 people in person and online. Greg is the author and co-writer of The Advent Conspiracy Movement, The Voice, A New Translation of Scripture, The Genesis of One, and his new book, Never Settle, which we will talk to him about today. Never Settle is a practical roadmap for anyone who feels that their faith is lukewarm and bland. In all of his writing, Greg's passion for scripture combines with his unique brand of humor and storytelling. Over the last two decades, the impact of Greg's ministry has spread outside of St. Louis. He speaks at a variety of conferences and churches around the world about leadership, culture, unity, and his calling. It's my great honor to welcome Greg to the show. Greg Holder, welcome to the STL Leaders Podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking some time to be on here with us today. Brian, it's my privilege. Um, I was telling you earlier, I'm just so thrilled with what you're doing, and I love the vision behind this, and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, yeah, as we were talking, you know, my whole whole goal of this podcast is to shed a positive light on St. Louis and share with the city of St. Louis some leaders that we have in our community that maybe not the everyday person either knows about or knows their story. Um, and so this has been my platform to give our leaders of St. Louis a voice. And so I'm excited to, to share your voice today and talk about you. Well, uh, let's see where it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's start at the very beginning. Um, let's start with growing up, what life was like for you, and then how the crossing uh, in Chesterfield became the crossing. Yeah, wow, that's a loaded question, and I'm going to give you the very short answer so we can get to some other things. But I actually grew up in um, uh, in the Metro East area, in a little town called Troy, Illinois. My dad was a, on the faculty at SIU Edwardsville, and so really had small-town Americana for a while growing up. We moved over uh, into the St. Louis area when I was in the middle of the eighth grade, and uh, from then on really grew up. Uh, in in what I would just call uh, suburban St. Louis, but all my life in the metro St. Louis area, lifelong Cardinal fan. Uh, you know, to show my age, I remember the Blues back when the Plager brothers were a thing. I mean, you know, so I grew up in the St. Louis area, and I think in a good way, Brian, I would say um, I the 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 DNA of St. Louis seeped into me, and by that I mean this idea that um, 
I think there's a, a, a solidness to, to to the values here, and I think that there is a a uh, almost a kind of a uh, let's not talk about us kind of a of of a of a vibe that sometimes you pick up, and and I I think I learned early on the the value of of working on teams and 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 things like that. And then growing up, I, I went away to school, uh, Baylor University in Texas, came back here uh, in the mid, let's say the late 90s. It's like 97 now. Um, I felt called. Uh, we were a part of a small startup church at that point. Um, I grew up in a church uh, my whole life. And without getting into a whole church dialogue here, I will just say growing up, my mom and dad uh, instilled in me the importance of 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 our faith and and you know as a pastor it's not going to shock you for me to say that I'm a follower of Jesus and and uh but we never grew up in a healthy church so for all the great things that I personally experienced uh in my life uh healthy church experiences was not one of them so early on I started to kind of write off the whole idea of of church even being a very good thing and 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 certainly not going to make a difference in the world it was just kind of something you had to do all right, so you fast forward now, and it's the mid-90s. We have, for a variety of reasons, had been invited into being a part of this little startup church in Chesterfield. Started with eight people in a living room. Um, I wasn't the pastor then, uh, but uh, it started to grow little by little from some friends. And the, the basic sort of foundation of the church was, why don't we make a place that is a, a safe place for people who might never have gone to church or might have been what we might call overchurched? They sort of gave up on church. So it kind of became a place for the unchurched and the overchurched. Well, we had some underchurched friends, and in some ways we might have been overchurched. And so we just began to go to this place. Over time, God began to call me into, uh, into ministry, a very non-traditional route into ministry. But I became the pastor at the crossing in um, August of 1997. But but I became the pastor then. And uh to be honest with you, one of the things that we shared, real honestly, at that point, the church was was struggling. We we loved what was going on. We loved the vision, but it just couldn't get over the hump. I know business leaders, especially those who have small businesses, entrepreneurs, they know what it's like when you start something and you feel the like in your gut, you know, this thing needs to work and it can work. But you haven't quite gotten to that tipping point yet. You haven't quite gotten to that moment where the momentum has caught. Well, that's where this was. And I remember the board of directors at the church saying, uh, we love this. We love that you're going to do this. We believe in this. The the finances tell us that, to be honest with you, uh, we're pretty sure we can pay your salary through the end of next month. And beyond that, we don't know. But we really felt like as a small group of people, I wrote this in a previous book, there were some of us who sat together at the Chesterfield Community Theater at, at the YMCA behind Chesterfield Mall. We yep. sat there one night, just, I would say, less than 100 people sitting on these white folding chairs. And it was a gut check moment, Brian, where we said, is God calling us to do this? Are we going to do this or not? And person after person, family after family said, no, I think, I think God's up to something. Let's lean into this. We'll see this thing all the way through. And to be honest with you, that was the beginning of us saying, all right, we're going to do this. And I would just say, fast forward now. God has blessed us way beyond what any of us dreamed or imagined, and we're grateful. I'm grateful to be doing this. I'm grateful I get to do it in the city I love. I'm yeah. grateful we get to enter into all of this. So that's the short version of it. 
Yeah. And for the people who are listening, so you went from basically eight people to now how many people attend? There's four campuses um, yeah. online. You're streaming, obviously, with COVID, you're streaming online. So about how many people on an average week attend church between online, all four campuses, everything? Oh, wow. Um, well, let's say this. Before COVID, we would have about probably around 8,000 would attend physically at our four sites. And then at least uh, at least that, double that if you wanted to see who was kind of attending uh, virtually and online. And so now with us barely opening things up uh, per St. Louis County restrictions, um, you know, the vast majority of our folks are, are online. Uh, easily, easily eight, 10,000 folks are joining us, probably more than that if I'm going to be honest. There's that St. Louis boy kind of, you know, tapping down the, the, right. the real numbers on you, but um, yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to see the growth. Um, and and to your point, just the blessing that God has given the crossing uh, to go from those eight people to now touching 8,000, 10,000 people um, physically or, you know, now virtually every single week um, there, you know, that that's that's got to be rewarding for you. But also for those eight people that and, and the 100 people sat in that that theater and said, let's lean into this. Let's make let's make this happen. And, and you, when you look back on that, it's got to be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, for those who hung in there, for those of us who have seen this all the way through, it is not unlike in any other endeavor where you go, wow, you look back and your confidence, your faith really is strengthened because you look back at all of the storms, all of the challenges that God has brought you through. And it actually equips you to then face everything that that's that's ahead of you. Um, but yes, it's been very satisfying and it is it is a very cool thing to look back and to tell those stories and to know that there are people that you did this with. And uh, uh, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. Absolutely. So let's talk about your new book. Obviously, you've written a couple books now, but your new book that just came out yeah. a few months ago, Never Settle. Talk to me about the book and, and what prompted you to write the book. Yeah. Um, well, what prompted me to write the book was something certainly before COVID. Um, but as we were talking earlier, it became an incredibly timely as the book was released during COVID. Uh, but I began to see some things happening uh, in our lives, in our community that um, I wanted to address. And, you know, Never Settle sounds like a big rah-rah book. It, it could by a, you know, a personal trainer. Um, but it, the subtitle is really what kind of explains it, you know, uh, choices, chain reactions, and the way out of lukewarminess. Now, that last word is a word I made up, lukewarminess, um, <laughs> but it is, it is pretty much the reason I wrote the book. Um, there's a place in the book of Revelation, and again, if you're not like, you know, if you don't own a Bible, don't worry, we're not going to go into freaky things here. But there is a moment in, in the book of Revelation where Jesus is quoted saying something that I think a lot of people have heard at one place or another, and it is... Um, you are neither cold nor hot, but lukewarm, and I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Really strange thing. It gets even stranger when you understand what he's actually saying there, because what he's saying there, that word spit in the original language, is a word that you and I would translate as, um, well, forgive me for being blunt, but we would translate it as vomit. Um, so what Jesus is saying to a church, this is really important, he is saying to his people, listen, you're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm, and you're... I'm about to puke. That's why the title of the first chapter is what makes Jesus puke. Yeah. 
uh, I tried to float that as the title of the book, and that did not get past the publisher at all. He was like, there's no way we're doing that. But it is a, it's important to understand what he is saying there. I won't go into a big Bible story here, but I will tell you, when you look at the history of, of the place in the region in what we would now call Turkey, where this letter was addressed, there were people who had really hot water, like uh, you would call it a spa town. They had hot springs and things like that. There was a town uh, just to the east of them that had really cold water. They were at the base of a mountain, and it's the kind of place where you would bottle that water and sell it. So there were two cities very close to this Laodicea that received this warning. They were known for hot water. They were known for cold water. Well, the people in Laodicea were known for lukewarm water. They had a terrible water source, uh, and it was just, it actually made people sick at times. So the point Jesus is making is, I want you to either have, like, I want you to be soothingly warm and hot. I want you to be able to help people. I want you to be able to restore people. I want you to be able to, to help people to, to get back into the game. Or I want you to be thirst-quenchingly cold. I want you to do something and to meet people's needs. But what I don't want you to do is to play it safe and be lukewarm. And it does nobody any good if you're lukewarm. So what is he saying there? Bottom line, I want you to make a difference in this world. I want yeah. you to stop playing it safe. I want you to stop holding back. And that is ultimately why I wrote the book. It's like, you know what? In this day and age, pre-COVID even, in this day and age, I think the people of God have got to make a difference. And I'm not talking about making a difference in a rah-rah sort of a way. I'm talking in very specific, practical ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 leaning into your faith, right? It's about leaning in and, and figuring out how you can make a difference, which is some of the stuff I want to talk to you about here today. But you also describe Never Settle as a roadmap out of an old way of life and a guide to reenter this COVID-19 world. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that. Yeah, well, again, from a from a Christian perspective and from people who who uh, their faith is is oriented around the Christian beliefs and it's important to you. In this day and age, it's very easy to see just how just how volatile things are and, and how right on the edge everything is. And so there is this tendency at times for us to say, man, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to retreat into kind of my little fortress, pull up the drawbridge and just ride out the storm. You know, I'm just going to be one of those people who... Um, I'm not going to get involved because there's too much at risk. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's the answer, Brian. I don't think that's the answer for our community. I don't think it's the answer for for the St. Louis area for us to 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 retreat from each other, pull up the drawbridges and just kind of lob cynical judgment bombs at each other over the walls and say, "Well, I wouldn't do it that way or you're an idiot for doing it this way." That is not the way forward. That is not how this is going to work. And so the book in essence, really maps out in each of the chapters some very specific ideas and values that we can use to start working. Let's just all do this together. I'm not saying that. There's hard work for us to do. But what the book does is it challenges us at, at each chapter to begin to think of this in a way of how can I take another step into the world and into the work that I still need to get done versus sitting back and being passive about things. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think you bring up a very valid point there that, you know, I'd like to dive in a little bit on, you know, obviously this past week was a, um, let, let me, let me back that up. This past year, 2020 was a hard year for so many people in so many different ways, whether you are a, yeah. a small business owner, whether you're a restaurant owner, 
whether you're an individual who lost someone to COVID, um, and, and now obviously with the events that happened last week in Washington, D.C., DC um, I think everybody's just on edge. And to your point, uh, there's a lot of people, um, including myself at times, that don't want to be vocal about anything because I'm afraid I'm going to upset one side or the other. Um, right. But I've tried very hard to use this platform, this podcast, to spread some positivity. Um, and I, you know, this is just my opinion, but I think if I wish people would stop posting political stuff uh, on social media that is so negative. Um, and just be kind to one another. I I feel I, I don't know what happened to where we can't just be be kind and consider that somebody else may have a different opinion of you, and that's okay. We don't need to be mean and demeaning them and and tear them down and, and tell them they're wrong. Uh, yeah. And I'm just I, I'd like to get your perspective on that. How how do we get back to the point where we can have differences of opinions and still respect each other and be kind to one another? Yeah, I, that's a very very good point, and we have lost that ability somewhere along the way of having a even if it's a maybe even a heated conversation but we've lost the ability to interact with somebody with whom we disagree it is a very all or nothing thing right now and um i think you're right when you when you mention uh social media platforms and i do think that those are I, I, there's so much good that can happen and does happen through social media and i think you know and you would agree uh, there are just so many different 21st century ways that we are now communicating that are doing such good things. This podcast is an example of that. So we're not saying, hey, let's just chuck it all out and, and just go back to talking to each other over the backyard fence. I'm not saying that. You're not saying that. But I do think we need to become we need to become better at how we use these tools because that's what they are. They're tools. But we need to also understand that there's an awful lot at play when we do put words out there and when we do say certain things, you know, Brian, there's a there's a chapter in the book um, <laughs> entitled uh, Muppets in the Balcony. And it's a reference to the old um, uh, Muppets characters, the two old cranky guys up in the, up yeah. in the balcony that would always just kind of just lob their little cynical stuff at you. And in that chapter, part of what we talk about is really just unpacking uh, what technically what does the term echo chamber mean? And how is artificial intelligence actually, and the algorithms, how do they shape, um, how do they shape who we even hear from and how we're mostly just hearing from people that agree with us? And listen to me, we all like to be around people who like what we like. Why wouldn't we? It's, it, that's enjoyable and it's, and it's, it's easier. Our conversations now are different and we need to just be more uh, savvy with how we talk to one another. But I will come back to this. We need to, there's a, there's a point in the book where we talk about what does it mean for us to, to engage people that we disagree with, because we're going to bump into people that we disagree with. So now we have to come back to, are there even things that we can learn, I would say, in the scriptures? Um, there's, a, there's a verse that I tell our folks at church, told them this past weekend. Uh, it's in the book of James in the, in the New Testament. And it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And so I know a pastor that says it's it's sort of a dance that you do, um, you know, it's 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 uh, it's it's this idea of you're going to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. So it's like two slows and one quick. And you if we can begin to incorporate some of that, I'm not saying we're going to agree on things. I don't think we are going to agree on everything. Agreed. I mean, that's part of the beauty and the volatility of living in a country 
where we still have a say so. Uh, but we can get back to where we can even disagree really like we can disagree very passionately with one another and still not throw these firebombs at each other. Right. Agreed. Agreed. But, but Brian, that's going to take a concerted effort. And I don't necessarily believe it's going to be something blanket thing where somebody declares this and we all do it. I honestly do believe that it's going to be you and me in our private conversations practicing this and inviting a few other people to practice this. And I do believe it's a grassroots kind of a thing where people are going to start saying, you know what, I'm just not going to engage that way. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to do that anymore. I agree. I don't think there's any policy or any regulation or anything along those lines that's going to change the divisiveness in this country. I think it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with looking in the mirror every single morning and saying, I'm not going to be tempted by the devil to throw those bombs at somebody or call them a name or anything along those lines. It starts with me to just to say, look, we disagree, and but I respect your opinion and let's move on. Um, I, I hate to see, you know, every time I get on Facebook anymore, all I see is negative stuff about politics to the point where sometimes I just wish I wasn't on Facebook. Um, and I yeah, just wish sometimes yeah. that it, people would just recognize that um, you can be passionate, like you said, about differences of opinion, but that doesn't mean you need, need, you need to call names or, or lob these firebombs, as you call them. I think some of that comes, Brian, from a, a genuine frustration or question or concern about something that people see going on in the world. But here's where I would flip it to something that you, you use the word positive before. And sometimes people will say, oh, that you're positive. What does that mean? You're just, you know, now you're Susie Sunshine. No, I think positive it, it means we're going to be proactive. We're actually going to do something. And if you really want to do something, then then get back involved with things. Because I don't think these words that were thrown around uh, in certain social media settings, I don't think that's necessarily changing the world as much as it is just stirring up embers of a fire. So I keep encouraging people, get your hands dirty in a post-COVID world. Uh, God, please let us be seeing something on the horizon now where right. uh, economies are opening up. But in that moment, re-enter the world, re-engage. If there's something that is actually you're passionate about, then get involved, do something, get your hands yeah. dirty. Um, and I'll, I'll make a prediction when that happens. As you do that, you're going to find a sense of meaning and a sense of significance. You're also going to probably bump into somebody that doesn't agree with you about something. But if the two of you can lock arms and say, well, okay, we don't agree about this, but we can sure do that together. Brian, I've seen in so many ways that actually begins to create a kind of a collaboration where you start to get stuff done again. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And now for a quick break, we bring in our sponsor, Enterprise Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Enterprise Bank & Trust knows that every business and every person is unique. That's why they get to know you in a way that the large financial institutions don't. They are our banking partner here at the STL Leaders Podcast, and I highly recommend that you check them out. To learn more, visit EnterpriseBank.com. And now back to this week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast. Let's spend a little bit of time on COVID. Obviously, I know COVID has had a major impact on churches um, worldwide, uh, but especially, I, I mean, you know, as a as a person who attends the Crossing uh, weekly um, and have been attending the Crossing virtually now for quite some time, how have you guys, um, you know, navigated the COVID pandemic um, as a church, but also been able to still um, impact the St. Louis community as I know the Crossing has done for years? Yeah. 
Well, because of the the technological sort of necessity that we had and the way that we do our, we connect our four campuses every weekend pre-pandemic. Because of all of that, we had an infrastructure in place that was really, you know, it was in some ways, it wasn't too hard to pivot everything online and say, okay, well, here we go, we're shut down. And so when we began to see some of these rumblings almost a year ago now, can you believe it? Um, but but when we began to see some of this, I remember distinctly, um, we even mentioned some of it in um, mid-February about what we saw happening in China and then what we saw happening uh, in the Pacific Northwest and places like Seattle. I remember us even talking about that in on weekends in the services. But behind the scenes, the leadership was beginning to formulate a potential plan. We have always talked about and, and tried to come up with things uh, to be ready for sort of cataclysmic events. We, this is something that we've kind of taken a look at before. And so I remember us gathering together and saying, you know what, we need to go on ahead and, and start dialing in a few more strategies. And then when, unfortunately, when it did happen, uh, we had a situation room ready to go, everything was mapped out and this amazing team made the shift. Now, let me talk to you, you know, since this is a, a podcast for leaders, I'm going to confess to you that in the early days of this thing, it, for me personally, as a leader, you kind of start living off of adrenaline because you know there are things to solve. You know there are things that have to get done. And so we made that pivot. And I think really for many of us, that was a moment where it was like, okay, all hands on deck. Here we go. I'm not saying we enjoyed it, but there was this adrenaline of we got a problem in front of us. Let's go. Yeah. That began began to to uh, morph into then what has now become the long experience of the rest of 2020 and this idea of, okay, so now we're through the rush of solving the initial problem. We as an organization had to say now, now that we've done this, now that we've got everything online, how are we going to actually do our jobs and minister and connect to people? And what do our folks need? What does the community need? And so that was the next layer of of having to say, how are, you, how are we going to, 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 to address things that are out there? Uh, I'm thinking of a, of a, uh, a corporate faith uh, event where we um, invited um, leaders, uh, corporate leaders, uh, educators, mayors. We had uh, Dr. Garza and, and other people that began to speak of, uh, well, here's what's going on in the early days of the pandemic. And you could hear people just wrestling and struggling. We did not have a, here are the three easy points that you, you know, take, make these three steps and everything will be great. Right. Because these were small business owners in some ways who were saying, I don't know how I'm going to make payroll. Right. But what we began to find out that we could do was how do we connect people to other people who either A, can come alongside them and say, hey, you're not crazy. I'm going through this too. Or B, hey, have you thought about this? Or C, I'm an expert in another area. Can I tell you something that you need to be thinking about? And so we we began to find ourselves trying to connect people, not us being the experts, but maybe the facilitators and the connectors. And I think, Brian, that's one of the things that we've tried to do throughout all of this now is uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing on the weekends, but how can we facilitate connections to other people and other organizations so that we can get through this thing? And um, that's I mean, that kind right of been our, our strategy. Yeah, well, I mean, that right there defines leadership. You're, you're going about bringing 
you know, experts together to connect and lead in a, in a certain way. And, you know, I, I commend you guys at the crossing when this whole thing happened, um, your whole motto was hope wins. And I, I think as we went through 2020, a lot of it, you know, my wife and I hung a picture in the front of our house that said hope wins. Yeah, we um, I, used to, when we, when we, you know, I, I'm a very social guy. So for me to sit inside my house and not leave my house was very, very hard for me. At, at one point I was extremely depressed um, and my wife and I would we'd get in the car and we would just drive around. And it was so refreshing to drive through neighborhoods that either we normally wouldn't drive through and see hope winds either chalked on the driveway or hanging from a, a, a window in a house. It was it, it was really neat to see that, you know, there's other people in this exact situation that are hopeful and, yeah. and know that hope wins. And so I commend you guys. I think that was um, really cool how you guys did that and really, you know, inspired, inspired me and my wife. And it, it was really neat. Well, thank you. And it was we needed it too, Brian. I mean, I think all of us at different points have felt a real sense of loss through this thing. And so for us, the idea of hope is is legitimate. It is not, I want to stress again, it is not just trying to convince yourself of something or naively uh, just looking the other way. Uh, one of the things that we've said throughout is I think it's intellectually, uh, I think it's intellectually dishonest to not admit what is going on. Yeah. You've got to say and see this is not good. This is a struggle, whether it's in your family, your business, your church, your community. We have to face what is really there. And the idea for us, God's not finished with us. He's not finished with this city. He's not finished with this world. So we're going to hang on to both of those things. Yes, there are things that need to change. And God's not finished with us. That's really where hope wins. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Greg, I always end this podcast uh, by asking a question to give a piece of advice um, to either the city of St. Louis or the audience listening to this episode. What is one piece of advice you would give somebody listening today? I would say this. Um, by virtue of the fact that they are listening to this podcast, there's already something stirring in them where they're saying, hey, I want to be a better leader. Uh, you're saying, I, I want to know, is there anybody else out there? I want to improve things in the St. Louis area. So my 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 comments to you are this. First of all, you're not alone. You are not the only one who is thinking this. You are not alone. You're not crazy for thinking these things and for saying, hey, I want to make a difference. And I do think St. Louis can be the the it can be it can be a story that that folks won't even they, they won't even believe the turnaround in the St. Louis area in the coming generations, if we do this together. But So you're not alone, but you can't do this alone. So now you've got to find some folks that you can collaborate with. And we, I think in the St. Louis area, Brian, if there was one thing I would say is, let's let go of this zero-sum game mentality where, well, if you win, I lose. If you get the credit, then, then I, we've got to now say, you know what, for the sake of our city, for the sake of our kids, and honestly, for our kids and their kids and their kids, because I want my grandkids and their kids to be able to look back and say, you know, St. Louis is a different city because our grandparents and all of the people of their generation, there were folks and leaders who said, we're going to, we're going to lock arms and get stuff done. Yeah. So you're not alone. You're not crazy for wanting things to change, but now don't do it alone. Find some people that you can connect with. And if you don't know who those people are, Brian, talk to Brian, talk to me, talk to any number of other people and say, well, do you know somebody? Because I got some ideas, but I'm going to need to do this with some other folks. That's, what, that's how this is going to change. Absolutely. And I think we can actually look back. 
a generation from now and say, wow, something happened in St. Louis. I really do believe that. People can look back and say something happened. And the thing that will have happened is we began to work together and we really didn't care who got the credit. Yeah. No, I think that's a great piece of advice. I really do. So let me ask you real quick, where can uh, our audience find your book? Obviously, we know we can find you at the crossing on the weekends, but where can they find your book? Yeah, well, thankfully, it's we're any place that, that books are sold. And we're just so grateful that we've been able to hit um, several bestseller lists. And so it's out there, uh, Amazon easily. Um, if you'd like, there's some really cool free, actually, other resources that you can have with the book if you want. And the easiest place to access some of those things and and my blog and some other things is gregholder.com. And uh, probably the easiest place, but yeah, any place where books are sold, you can you can find the book and, and, and thank you for mentioning that. Absolutely, Greg. Well, on behalf of myself and the STL Leaders Podcast, I appreciate the leadership that you have, uh, not only at The Crossing, but for our community here in St. Louis. Um, it's great to it's great to have you on here today to talk about those things. I hope the people who are listening to this episode uh, will put some of those things into, into place. But um, on behalf of us here at the podcast, we appreciate you being a great STL leader. And thank you. Well, thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure being with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the STL Leaders podcast. This episode was brought to you by Synchrony HR. Are you tired of the rising costs of benefits? Are you tired of the HR in your organization? Synchrony HR here in St. Louis helps organizations streamline their administration while providing HR consulting and access to unique Fortune 500 benefits. To learn more, visit SynchronyHR.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode of the STL Leaders Podcast.